What is up, guys? And welcome back to the White Flag Podcast. My name is Braden. And if this is your first time w- listening, we just want to say welcome. Uh, we are so excited to have you guys. And we believe that God is going to move through this podcast. And it is our hope that by the end of this episode, you can be one step closer to Jesus and have a deeper, more intimate relationship with him. And we want to make sure that we are always reiterating that we want to surrender everything in our lives and every aspect of our lives to him. And that's really the whole mission of this podcast, right? We want to encourage Christ followers, especially those who who are in the young adult range to surrender ourselves to Christ in every aspect of life and to seek Christ in, in everything that we do. We said it in the first episode, and we want to say it again. If Jesus truly changes everything, then we're going to invite him into everything. The name of this podcast is inspired by the sign of surrender that one war party would give to another in battle when they knew that they were going to lose. In life, we can find ourselves getting lost in our own dreams, our own ways, our own goals, our own plans, our own will for our life. And you know what? That isn't always a bad thing, but as Christ followers are called to serve and submit ourselves to God's will in our lives and everything that we do. Does that mean that as hosts, we're going to be perfect? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we're going to have all of the answers to all of the questions? Absolutely not. But it does mean that we are going to be seeking surrender alongside you guys and learning together as well. I am joined with two extremely amazing co-hosts. We got my boy, T. Pope. What's up, guys? And we got Mr. Matthew Saunders. Howdy, podcast world. How are you guys doing today? Dude, I am doing amazing. I it's, mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's night. It's it's kind of a vibe in yes. here. I know you guys can't really see it, but we got some nice purple lights going. It's, yes. It's definitely a vibe. Got to switch it up, you know? This is our first official night sesh, which is really crazy. It is such a vibe. I had two coffees today, so I am absolutely dialed right now. I'm sure my pupils are like, do your pupils get small when you have pupils? a lot of caffeine? Pupils? Pupils, like pupils, your eyes. Pupils. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think mine get bigger. I'm not. I'm not sure. Oh, I think, I think yeah. they get bigger, like a shark at night, like, like in think, Finding Nemo. Yeah, your your people's are kind of huge right now. Oh, they're massive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my yeah. I I don't know. I'm just dialed right now. But it's been a good day, and I feel like it is. Um, I don't know. Like I feel like I can't focus. Like I saw Matt today. We weren't even planning on recording a podcast today. I was like, oh my gosh. He came and was like, hey, you want to just record one? I'm like. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't focus on anything else all day long. <laughs> this is actually like the highlight of my day. I can't speak for Pope and Matt, but I'm sure they feel the same as well. Um, quick little house cleaning stuff before we get started. Um, we are going to be starting out with one Devo a week, which is going to be a shorter episode where we got one guy just kind of speaking to you on a specific subject. And then we're going to do two discussion episodes a month. And yeah, go with lights on. For sure. I don't know. Matthew is just turning off the lights. We're just trying to do things. Sorry. We're just rolling they with it. They got like colored lights in here and then they also have just like regular yeah, lights. And I was wondering sure. if I could turn off the regular lights and just have the colored, but you can't. So, <laughs> so. anyway, uh, two discussion episodes a month where it's going to be all four of us are going to be coming together. That's what we're going to be starting with. That might change. That might go up. That might go down. We're just going to kind of roll with it and see where it goes. Uh, I said it in the last podcast, but we are going to be doing a visual, some sort of like video to go along with the podcast to go on YouTube, TikTok, stuff like that. Um, but that's going to come soon. And also we are going to be making an Instagram account soon. That's not up yet, but we will let you guys know as soon as it is. And with that being said, um, we're going to dive right into what we're going to talk about today. So, and actually Matt is going to be leading us today. So I'm super stoked about it. So yes, Matt, take sir. it away, bro. Oh man. I found this passage of scripture the other night and I was like immediately thinking about the podcast and about how we could talk about this. It's just Always. wrecked, absolutely wrecked me. So 
If you're listening and you have your Bibles, I would say open up to John chapter 6. We're going to be starting in verse 25. We're going to kind of jump around a little bit today, so don't sweat trying to find the pages really. We'll just we'll just kind of explain what's going on. So yeah. in the back half of John chapter 6, it's a really big passage actually. It goes all the way up to I think 70 verses. 71 verses. That is a huge chapter. Mm-hmm. But so we're going to start in verse 25 and we're going to go through 59. Just this idea that Jesus at this time is speaking to a crowd and he is using his first of his seven famous I am statements, right? He gives those seven I am statements that we all learn in church when we're younger. But the very first one is I am the bread of life, mm. right? So essentially he's talking about how Jesus is essential for your satisfaction, right? Just like any food. He uses bread because that would have obviously been what the majority of them could relate to, right? But he's your satisfaction, right? He is your provider and he is all you need, right? So that's essentially what he's going through at this point. But what's interesting is that further on, we see that the people listening are kind of having a hard time accepting that teaching. They're, They're asking Jesus in verse 60, they're saying, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? Because Jesus is essentially claiming his, his authority. And this is one of the first times he actually does it. So these listeners are kind of taken aback, right? And that passage, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? That is represented by the phrase in Greek, scleros. And what that phrase actually defines is not that the phrase is hard to understand, but that it is hard to accept. So the disciples aren't saying, Jesus, what are you saying? They're actually saying, Jesus, what you're saying might be heresy, right? They're they're kind of taken aback by what he's saying. They're some of them are probably offended, right? I'm sure there's some Pharisees in the crowd that were probably thinking about how to test him on this, right? And then there's some doubters in the crowd that are saying, This is just impossible. What are you saying? Are you saying that you're God? So yeah, what do you guys think about that? Any 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 ideas on that? You know, you hear about like the Pharisees' reactions, like throughout the Bible, to whenever like Jesus would say something or per- perform a miracle, right? Like one thing that I think of is like when the woman is getting stoned for when mm. she was being adulterous and she was caught, and and they were stoning her in the street. It's like in all of these situations, like I don't know about you guys, but I'd like definitely like wonder: Would I be a Pharisee? Like, would I like would my reaction be a Pharisee if Jesus said that? Would I believe him? And like, what side would I take? And so. I think that it's it's like crazy bit like because you think like when you read that you're like oh my gosh these Pharisees are crazy but think about what Jesus is saying like think of the magnitude and the weight of what what Jesus is saying right now he, like you said he's claiming to be I am the bread of life I am your portion I am what gives you sustenance in your life and so it's it's really crazy and it just shows like that Jesus does not care about your feelings Jesus does not care about the way that you feel or what you're thinking but rather. He cares about the truth because he is truth and his word is truth. So it's awesome the way it opens up for sure. Yeah. And just kind of like building off of that, like Jesus says, uh, does this offend you? He's asking like the crowd or I think the disciples, uh, all of them just does this offend you? And he wasn't planning on like changing what he was going to say based on their response. If it offended them or not, he was going to keep saying the truth no matter what. He didn't care if they were like, like, yeah, this offends me. Like what I don't believe what you're saying. Because Absolutely. he knew it was true. He's going to keep saying it. He doesn't care about your feelings. He cares about like you coming to him, turning to God, and speaking the truth and sharing the gospel. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I love that because that is just a perfect segue into the next verse where Jesus says, 
does this offend you, right? And then in 62, he says, then what if you were to see the son of man ascending to where he was before? And I think that's a really easy verse to just skim over real quick. But if you catch what he's saying, he's saying, what if you were to see me rise up to heaven? And if you know your Bible, you know that Jesus does ascend into heaven. So Jesus is essentially saying, oh, if you don't believe this, if you don't believe that I'm God, you just wait. Like you just wait until the crazy stuff starts happening, right? I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. (laughs) I'm going to walk on water. I'm going to rise up to heaven. I'm going to heal so many people like you wouldn't even believe. And he's saying, if you can't accept that I'm the bread of life, you are going to be so far behind when all this other stuff starts happening. So I love that you said that because his rebuttal is just so perfect. And it is, there's so much love in his correction, right? And I think Jesus does an amazing job of showing that for today's Christians, because we oftentimes struggle with yeah. loving in our correction, right? Yeah, we can kind of like misconstrue what love is as love accepts, mm. but in actuality, love corrects. And I think that as Christians, right, when we see things that people are doing that contradict the way that the Bible tells us to live is that we have, we're so quick to just jump on them and be like, blah, 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 blah. And like, be a Pharisee, but in actuality, love corrects and love does it with grace. And I think that's what Jesus did. That's a little off topic, but no. it is such an amazing response. Yeah, so for sure. And then moving forward a little bit in verse 66. So Jesus responds in that loving tone with correction. And after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And at first glance, that seems really tragic, right? We're looking at this and we're like, Jesus, what? Like these people just turned away. These people Like, don't follow you anymore. That is so bad. But when we look into that, we just see that it affirms the fact that Jesus doesn't want lukewarm Christians, right? Jesus doesn't desire a heart that wants his blessings, but he wants one that desires his presence. Absolutely. He wants a heart that desires his presence regardless of the life change that it requires, right? These people that were listening, they weren't ready for the amount of knowledge and the amount of change that was going to come when Jesus came. And so... They stepped away because they weren't ready for it. But Jesus says, listen, when I come into your life, there is going to be major changes and you got to be ready for it because I don't want a heart that desires my blessings. I want one that desires my presence. Yeah, that's so good. And this is one of the verse that I was kind of looking when we were prepping for this today. It's Psalm 16, five, and we're going to jump into it later. But it says the Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The Lord is my chosen portion portion and there's going to be a moment where you're going to have to choose there is going to be a moment when you're going to have to choose and you're going to have to either decide to be like the disciples who stay or you're going to have to be the disciples who leave there's going to be a moment when you're going to have to choose and we're going to dive deeper into that later i think but i just it, it again it goes back to jesus does not care about your feelings at all you can walk away he doesn't want you to. He desires a relationship with you. And Matt, can you can you say that that quote you just said again? Yeah, it's that Jesus doesn't desire a heart that wants his blessings. He desires a heart that desires his presence. Yep. And when you have a heart that desires his presence, you know which way you're going to go. So that's really good. That's that's what I had to add real quick. Yeah, and I think that's like super convicting, um, probably for a lot of people, and I know including me, because I think a lot oh, yeah. of times 100%. I'm more like caught up in I guess like what Jesus could do for me instead of like completely surrendering to him and being like, like I'm okay with being a slave to you. Like I'm okay with being a slave to you, God, use me however you want. And I think that's super convicting 
um, probably for a lot of you guys, and I know it is for me as well. 100%. Yeah, and that's just the background. Now we're going to get into the meat right <laughs> here. We got to, yeah, context, you love that. Context. Oh, you just wait, right? <laughs> um, so now we're getting into this verse that, that just floored me when I read it, right? So after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? And this is it. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So this, this verse just packs so much, right? First of all, Peter is recognizing Jesus as God, right? And that's something that we glance over. Again, another thing that we just, when we're reading, we just say, oh yeah, obviously we know Jesus is Lord. But at this time, they had not acknowledged that yet. So what Peter is saying is insane because he's basically saying, well, Jesus, I believe what you were saying before. You know, I believe you're the bread of life. I believe you're going to sustain me because you're God. And that is something that is just so powerful in itself because Peter accepted that hard teaching. Peter's heart at this time was open to Jesus's change, right? And we know, we know Peter. Peter's one of the coolest characters in the Bible just because he goes through so much. You know, he, he follows Jesus, he falls away, and then Jesus redeems him. And then he ends up becoming one of the most prominent figures of church pretty much of all time, right? Um, and then on top of this, he goes in and he says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. He's basically saying, I know you're God, so where am I supposed to go? They all left, but where am I supposed to go? Because I know that you're God. Peter responds by saying that there is nowhere else. And why does he say that? Because he knows that Jesus has the purpose for his life and that everything else pairs in comparison to that. There's nowhere else for him to run to. There's, there's nothing else that provides that sustenance that Jesus was talking about earlier. There's nothing else that gives him that satisfaction because he knows that Jesus is God and Jesus is the alpha and the omega. There is, there's nowhere to go once you know that. Absolutely. And there is not a Christian who would disagree with that, right? Mm-hmm. Because we walk, we walk throughout our walk in faith and every aspect of our life, we'll, we will search and we will, we will scrounge and we will run to things that will never fulfill us, things that will never fill us up. And we will go to pornography. We will go to relationships. We will go to friendships. We will go to money. We will go to the entire world, parties, drinking, alcohol. It doesn't matter, right? We've all done it. Mm-hmm. We've all done it. You know what I mean? Me, Matt, Pope, Levi, you, every single person alive has done that because we're trying to fill a God-sized hole that no one other than God can mm-hmm. fill. And it reminds me of Hosea. I was going through Hosea a while back. And if you don't know much about Hosea, it's kind of one of those books that you kind of just like avoid a little bit, right? Because it's like, it's kind of weird, right? But Hosea is a double entendre, which basically means it has two meanings. So Hosea and his wife, Gomer, who is an adulterous woman, God, God commanded Hosea to take a wife of whoredom. It's really, really advanced kind of offensive language. It's a wife of whoredom. And so basically it just means an adulterous wife. And so basically what God kind of just takes Hosea and his and his wife Gomer through throughout the book is is a reflection of how God and and Israel operate together, right? Mm-hmm. Israel, aka us, as we, you know, take into our context and how it can relate to us today, we are unfaithful. And God, who is a perfect and loving God, who is always chasing after us, is always faithful. 
And if you look to Hosea 2, it says in verse 5, it says, For she said, I will go after my lovers who gave me my bread and my water and my wool and my flax and my oil and my drink. Therefore, I will hedge up her way with thorns and I will build a wall against her so that she cannot find her path. She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband for it was better for me now than it was before. Or it was, it was better for me than now. And she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain and the wine and the oil and who lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for bail. And you read that, right? And it can be kind of confusing. I want, I wanted you just to, to fill in bread, water, wool, flax with joy, love, peace, sustenance, fulfillment, purpose, impact, right? We can take the things that God gives us. We can take the good things that God gives us, right? A desire to have a relationship and be in a good godly marriage is not bad. Mm-hmm. But when we take that and when we idolize that and we make that the source of our joy, peace, love, happiness, impact, purpose, it's going to leave you broken. And we are the adulterous wife. We are the broken bride that God chose. And it's just something that we all relate to, right? And we can never do it. We can never really truly seek God because our hearts are sinful. Our hearts are wicked. Our hearts are evil. But God chose the broken bride and he loves you so much. Yeah, that is, that is so awesome and so cool. Um, and I kind of just wanted to actually jump back to something we were talking about earlier really quick. Um, and it was just how Jesus was like, like saying how uh, if like it offended the people who are listening to him speak yeah. um, and how when we are sharing the gospel or the truth, we shouldn't want to like please the other person with what we're saying. Mm-hmm. That's not our goal is to please them, but it's to tell them truth. And it's not to back down and like soften up the gospel, um, but it's to give them the bread of life, to tell them about the true bread of life and not to break it off and give them crumbs. We want to give them the full, the full loaf and that's Jesus. Absolutely. Um, and so it's not softening the gospel, breaking off edges and telling it like softly. It's telling it in the full gospel. Um, and, and in doing that, like he will restore uh, a, an adulterous wife. That's us back to him. Um, just through, t- if they hear the true, the true the gospel, the word of God, um, it'll change them. And God will change them and radically move within them. Yeah, that's so good. Because I think it's good to remember like what this whole story, what the context of this whole story is, right? It's that Jesus is saying he's the bread of life, right? And then you have the people that don't accept that teaching. And then you have Peter that does accept that teaching. And then I think that relates back to the adulterous wife, right? These people, they they just cannot stay reliable. They cannot stay inside the covenant, right? That is why Jesus had to come because we were flawed and we were broken. We are adulterous. In Peter, we see a glimpse of hope that humanity can believe in Christ. Humanity can rely on Christ. And Peter, as we know, he has so many faults and he has so many slip ups throughout his story, but ultimately he is redeemed, you know, and he leads the church and through the power of the Holy Spirit, he goes on to do amazing things. And I think that that is just an amazing glimpse in this story. So I kind of want to ask all of you listeners, kind of circle it to you to see where you guys are at. I wanted to ask if you guys have the same mindset that Peter did, or are you looking and chasing after the things of this world to define you, you know? And why? And like, why? And like, to whom else shall we go? Mm -hmm. 
That's basically Peter saying, there's nowhere else I have to turn. I have nothing else outside of you, Jesus. I have nothing else outside of a life that is dedicated to you, that is for you, that is for your will and for your kingdom. There is nothing else. And in Ecclesiastes at the very end, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, it says, the end of the matter, all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. And if you don't know Ecclesiastes, it's basically saying everything is meaningless. Everything outside of Christ and your relationship with him is going to be meaningless. And as Levi says, it, it's broken and empty and dry. He always, he always says that when someone asks him about parties or something like that's his, like his dead, like that, that's just his go-to response. He's like, it's, it's dry and empty. That's it. It's dry and empty. And it's so true because everything outside of Jesus, everything outside of the bread of life is going to leave you broken and empty. So where are you going and where are you going and turning to for your source of joy? peace and happiness and why i think that's super cool also like looking at the story of job um and just how the suffering that he was facing and how even though he was faithful to god he was still facing like suffering that we can probably not ever understand yeah um and he was just absolutely broken but he was still faithful to god in that um and 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 that just shows us like to whom else should we go even when he's broken even when he's like facing you know absolute horror um he is still being faithful to god because he knows that's where joy is found where joy is found he knows that's where peace is found within him absolutely yeah and then looking again at what peter said or yeah at what peter said he said you have the words of life right that that was his reason for not leaving jesus right he said you have the words of life so kind of on what both of you said like where are we going right? Are you going to a relationship? Are you going to your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your friends? Are you going to partying? Like Brayden said, are you going to pornography? Are you going to sports? Are you going to your grades? All of these things, do those have the words of life? Words of life, meaning the words of God, right? The words that inspire true spiritual life. So where are you going, right? Where else can you go other than the one who has the words of life? Because God is everywhere, right? We know he's omnipresent and he's omniscient, right? He's everywhere at all times at once. So honestly, we could take it to a literal sense. If you're running from God, where are you going? Where are you trying to hide from God? You're trying to hide from God in your sin? Well, guess what? Jesus came down and he died for your sin. So Jesus rules over the sin. So you can't hide even in your brokenness, even in your separation from God. Jesus died so that you can't run from him in that. And I just think that that's so powerful. And I think that somebody needs to hear that today, that wherever you're going other than God, it's not far enough. You know, Mm -hmm. you can run and you can run and you can run. But at the end of the day, you're going to sit there and God's going to be standing right next to you. And that's amazing, by the way. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And I really want, and this, and this could be a whole podcast episode in and of itself. Right. And you might be hearing this today, whether you're like 10 years, 20 years into your relationship and your walk with Christ, or you might be super new, or you might not even know who Jesus is at all. And you might be hearing this and like, first of all, we always want to iterate, we do this too. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. We don't want to ever just be like barking at you and just saying, yeah, no, that's why this, that's why this passage wrecked me so much is because I was like, oh my goodness, this is literally like spiritual conviction times a thousand right here. Oh yeah. Yeah. This floored me. Absolutely. And we, we always want to iterate that, right? 
we are like it's our natural tendency like it's going to be so sneaky we're going to be we might be a new relationship for you it might be it might be just watching a show that it's anything that takes you away from god can be that that idol in your life and you might be hearing this and you might be a bit like oh my gosh how could god ever want me i i am adulterous and i am broken how could god ever want me if I'm this adulterous wife and who God has given so much to me. He's given me grace upon grace. He's, he's blessed me with A, B, and C, whether that be a family, whether that be amazing friends. And I still turn away from him. How could God ever want me? And we looked at Hosea too. And we looked at the broken bride who goes to her, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's the person you're in an affair with. The person that you're in the, <laughs> yeah, the person there, you're in there's an affair with. It's like a, a mistress, but like a man, what would that be called? Mainstress. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, I feel like a dummy now, but she's going to this man who she's cheating on Hosea with. And she, we looked at her and we looked at her situation and, and I'm going to go back to my husband and you might be saying, how could God ever want me? And we looked at the broken bride, but let's look at the perfect bridegroom in Hosea 11. It says, how can I give up on you? O Ephraim. How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me and my compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not destroy Ephraim for I am God and I am not man. The Holy One is in your midst and I will not come in wrath. And if you're asking that question, how could God ever want me? After everything that I've done, after all of the brokenness and the sin and the ugliness, how could God ever want me? And when you ask that question, God asks you a question back and he says, how could I ever give up on you? How could I ever run away from you? How could I ever turn from you? He loves you so much. And it doesn't matter how broken you are. God is always running after you. And that's really the whole point is where else do we have to go? Who else is going to treat you like that? Who else is going to love you like that? To whom else shall we go? In Psalm 16, 5, we opened with it. It says, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. In Psalms 142, 5, I am not quoting this off the top of my head. I have it in tabs open. I just don't. Okay. Psalms 142, 5. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. He is your portion. He is the only thing that's going to ever fill you up. He is going to be the only bread of life. He is only going to, he's going to be the only thing that will ever sustain you for all of your days. He is your portion. He is the bread of life. And it doesn't matter how far you go. It doesn't matter where you run. He is saying, how could I ever give up on you? And I love you that much. And I will never love you less. Yeah. And I, I love that so much that, that how much is enough, right? How much is enough? for you to say, Lord, to whom shall I go? Right. And I think immediately in my head, what came is that symbol of the crucifixion, right? Because all throughout Jesus's life, Jesus was doing things. He's like, is this miracle enough to prove to you? Is, is this one enough for you to say, is this one, is this one, is this one? And then eventually Jesus got up on that cross. And if you can just close your eyes unless you're driving because a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're driving <laughs> keep your eyes open please. please but if you can just imagine for a second jesus up on that cross his arms are stretched wide and he's saying is this enough if you can just sit at the foot of that cross in your head if you can just sit there for a second and say lord to whom shall i go i promise you jesus will respond and he'll say you stay right here he always wants you man yeah 
There's nowhere you could go to outrun that love. And like, we're just sitting in this room and we're like, oh my gosh, because we feel that too. And we want you to experience that. And the whole emphasis of this podcast is about surrender. And it's about saying, God, I can't do it on my own. My idols can't do it. We know that for sure. They leave me broken and empty, dry and empty, as Levi would say, every single time. <laughs> I have nowhere else to go and I want you. And it, the, the love of God is so overwhelming. Surrender to that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fill you up, man. In a relationship with Christ, where he is your portion and he is the bread of life to you, and you say, God, I choose you. You're never going to give up on me. You want me. You've proven that time and time again. You have covenantal love towards me. You love me enough that you would send your son to the cross for me. You would, you would nail him to a cross. You would allow that to happen so that you would have a relationship with me. Surrender to that. Surrender to that. I can't even, I don't know. <laughs> Trevor looked like you wanted to say something, but I don't honestly don't even know. Like if you're <laughs> listening today, that's, that's what we want you to hear, right? Is that... Jesus loves you so much. And that's, that is essentially every sermon, every podcast, everything you will ever hear is that yeah. Jesus loves you and he wants you to be in relationship with him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to just kind of, to kind of recap, Jesus is the bread of life. He is our portion. He's going to be the only thing that could ever fill us up. And there's going to be a moment where we're going to have to choose. We're going to have to choose between being a disciple who leaves and a disciple who stays. And you know what? The beauty of Christ and the beauty of his love for you is that even though we are the broken bride, even though that we run and we look to our, our source of joy and fulfillment and everything in our life, we, even though that we do that, God is always open. He's saying, how could I ever give up on you? And you, if you surrender to that and you surrender to the love of God and you say, I have nowhere else to go. To whom else shall I go? You are, you, it says, can you uh, read 60, 68 and 69 again? Because 69 is really good too. And it really just, it wraps it all together. Yeah, it says, uh, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. He's the Holy One of God. He is your portion. He is what's going to lift you up every single time. Run to that. Surrender to that. There's nowhere that you could go. There's nowhere that you could, there's nothing that you could do to, to ever possibly cancel out the love of God. Yeah. And that's about it. That is, that is a, that is a wrap right there. We got to love that, man. We were honestly just kind of going with it. And I think that there was some really powerful stuff that happened there. So yeah, absolutely. Um, Levi is going to be back here. <laughs> it wasn't a one and done thing. We didn't boot him <laughs> off at all. He's going to be back though. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We're praying for you guys. You guys mean so much to us and we're going to pray it out. Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much for everything that you're doing, um, both on this podcast and the lives of these listeners, God. Um, I pray that today can serve as a reminder that nothing else is going to ever fill us up. Nothing else is going to ever going to be able to love us and fulfill us the way that you do. God, you are our portion. You are the bread of life. Outside of you, everything is meaningless. We have nowhere else to go except for you. And I pray that one thing that we can all as Christians do is that we can run to you every single day. We can surrender to your love. We can surrender to your will for our lives because nothing else in this world is going to ever going to be able to fulfill us like you do. God, we love you so much. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.